Hello, hello, ladies! It's Emily and... Citrusia. And this is the Messy Faith Podcast, because life is messy. But God already paid the maid. He sure did. Well, welcome to the show today. Today, I want to start a conversation with you guys and you, Citrusia, on what it looks like to follow Jesus when you quite literally have a brain that's wired differently. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about those of us who identify as neurodivergent. We mm. have an atypical brain. Mm. Um, I don't know if I've heard this conversation uh, had at all in in church um, and following Jesus type contexts mm -hmm. at all, but I know that it has impacted um, my spiritual life and my ability to have and function in spiritual disciplines in the way that I feel like I should. So for those of you um, who are also neurodivergent and have other things besides ADHD, I want to open up this conversation and knowing that we might not get to anything definitive outside that Jesus loves you still mm -hmm. and me, but I just want to have the conversation. Can we start by saying what is neurodivergent? Because that's something I had to ask you. Okay, yeah. So uh, neurodivergent is just a brain that is developed or wired uh, differently than the typical. So... Doctors have a word for normal, which means the majority of brains um, as normal. And the medical definition for that is typical. And something that is not typical is atypical. They call that neurodivergent. It's divergent from, you know what I'm saying? Have yes. you seen the trilogy? You're so smart. No, I'm not. I love you too. But I Googled that. Okay. <laughs> not today though. Like years and years ago. Uh -huh. it's okay. But it's a thing. Uh -huh. It's a thing. So like... Uh, autism and Asperger's, um, and I'm not a specialist in any of this, but I believe they're they are neurodivergent as well, right? Because they're literally different. Yeah, it, it's not a typical brain, hmm. not normal. That's good. Yeah, not that it's not cool. It is cooler. Cooler. Anyway, so let's have the conversation. Yeah. All right, let's dive into this. Okay, so my first question, um, I just want to say that I love the church. And I love the community, and I, I know without a shadow of a doubt that call, that God calls us to do community together. We're family. We're family. But I also know that we're human, yes. and we are, as our podcast says, messy. messy. Very. And when people are involved in anything, it's messy. Mm -hmm. So just know that's the foundation of our talk. But <laughs> I'm going to ask that, this. Do you feel, or has it been your experience, that intentionally or unintentionally man has made meaning humans um in the institutionalized church have perhaps made a too rigid structure of what the spiritual life looks like historically i would say in the church and outside of the church okay <laughs> i feel like ignorance is the is the cause or reason for that mm -hmm. i think when someone hasn't experienced something, it's hard for them to relate or um, give tools to someone who is experiencing something different from them. So I would say, yes, I feel like um, it's more in general instructions for like godly living, gotcha. instructions for like how to grow is typically giving given in general without giving um instruction or help to someone who doesn't fit the general public. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So let me share. That's a really good answer. 
thank you. I don't feel alone already. Yay. <laughs> so let me share my experience. Um, so I have uh, ADHD, which I've probably said at least once an episode. And I do that intentionally because... Um, it's real. It's real. Yeah. And people don't really understand. A lot of people, majority of people don't really understand what that means unless mm-hmm. they have a child with ADHD yeah. or they have ADHD themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you have a neurodivergent child, um, you you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so it's just been used in pop culture of like when you forget what you're about to say mm-hmm. or you're changing the subject like, oh, I'm so ADHD. Or if you're just hyperactive and over emotional or something, you're sensitive or you're, you know, oh, you're just so ADHD or like squirrel. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. I literally will do that, but it's kind of conditioned mm-hmm. a little bit to do that. Um, but there are like medical reasons for that. Literally, my brain is not only wired differently, but different sections in the brain that um, like my amygdala and my prefrontal cortex, like those are all smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, no, just makes me think of my daughter the other day was like, let me put on my big brain. Uh, anyway. Um, so you would think that if it was a little bit smaller, that it would be like less active, mm-hmm. but um, when it's actually smaller, it's overactive because the tissue is there to like, uh, absorb and kind of like keep control of like things that are happening it's mm. like resistant but so when it's smaller it actually has more room and a harder time to keep like synapses and stuff going on i'm smiling i always have a joke in my head but i'm smiling because the smaller dogs so they're like ah! so sorry <laughs> that's why sorry <laughs> sorry continue <laughs> no, no, it's okay so um and a big thing is um like the normal skills that like everybody usually grows up to and matures to especially in the teenage years and beyond like being organized, being able to do tasks one through three. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you go pack your bag, like you can break down all those tasks really, really easily mm-hmm. and do it. Can you? Um, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> well, okay. Let me add a little context to too. Um, I have never been diagnosed with like ADHD or ADD, but I have always found it hard to focus and concentrate. Um, And I'm learning through therapy that trauma can also cause a person's brain to function how a person with ADD or ADHD functions. So they share um, symptoms. Yes, because trauma actually alters your neurological system. Okay. And I never knew that. Okay. So you can be born. So you're undiagnosed or yeah. have trauma. <laughs> yeah. And that's what my doctor is trying to figure out. She was trying to like, do you actually have this or is this as a result of the trauma that you've gotcha. experienced? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So you're not the right person to ask. Okay. Yeah. So you atypical person, <laughs> you know, you can, you can, um, bag your bags and you know those steps and they like you don't even think about it mm-hmm. or people who like they can take notes in class and like literally know what notes to yes. take. I'm just like looking at it all. Everything he's saying is like, I'm writing down every single thing because I don't know what is important. Do you know what my brain does? <laughs> what? I'm like, they say something. I write it down. That thought leads me to this thought. And now this thought leads me to this thought. Now this thought. And before I know it, I'm way over here and I'm like, oh, wait. And I missed the rest of what's said <laughs> because my brain just went boop, 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 to all these places. Yeah. So that's how my, my brain functions. Okay, good. So that's part of something that your executive functioning controls. Um, mm. uh, it helps you organize uh, things. And so people with ADHD don't have as much uh, that's not developed yet as much. Their, mm-hmm. their brain grows and matures at a slower rate, mm-hmm. which is probably why my learning brain, as I call it, turned on in college because it didn't, it hadn't stopped. And even it, you keep, it keeps growing. 
Like your brain like keeps growing. So like it could have just finished developing now because I'm like, oh, wow, is my ADHD less? But I've just built up, you know, skills and habits to hack all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but what's always been a struggle to me is that um, I was presented with you read your Bible every day. You follow this reading plan. You um, have your prayer time here and, and a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was presented in this A type personality system. Yeah. And so I, for like, it's like sticking a a square peg in a round hole my entire uh, youth and even into my adult life. I'm trying to strive for these things. And not until like uh, five years ago, I finally was like, what is going on? Mm. Why can I not do this? And so I started doing massive research. Like, what exactly is ADHD? Like, I know growing (laughs) up the, the symptoms that I have and I've like been on medication on and off. Um, and then I started like diving deeper, like into the neuroscience of it. It's because I find like there's, um, there's knowledge and power. So when I don't know something, I tend to get weary, anxious, and I don't, I don't really know. But when I apply the skill of learning to understand, then I feel like I, um, I'm not so anxious because I, because I understand, you know, Mm. I know, I know Uh. what's going on. And so I, you know, me, my body's a trigger. So when I don't know why my mind's going all over these places and so many things. So to help my anxiety, I uh, dove into the research to understand what exactly is happening in my brain because of this way that it's wired. And I learned that it's interest based. So actually ADHD is not the ability to not concentrate. It's actually the ability to hyper concentrate. Mm. And so when I get into something, I am like a thousand percent in mm. <laughs> like when we decided to do this podcast yes, i was for like sure. Bruh, 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 for sure right so all those executive functioning skills like when you're when you're in the zone when you're in flow like mm-hmm. you have it mm. you have it um but when you don't like it like trying to get my kids that especially the ones that have adhd uh to do their home ministries mm-hmm. which is what we call chores which i uh, love that name <laughs> I just, I stole it from somebody, from another wise mother. It's so hard. And yeah. like some of my kids can't even follow you. Just do one, do this, this, and this. They can't do that. I so I have to tell them one thing and then I have to come back and tell them. So trying to apply all of that to my spiritual life was not, was not working whatsoever. And I, and I realized that I can't follow a reading plan, but that's okay. Because did Jesus say to have a reading plan? No, he he definitely did not. He said just to I meditate s- on his word day and night. He didn't say how or how yeah. much or. Exactly. Yeah. So, but I really had to dive in because I'm like on this quest to like debunk this so-called or unintentionally or intentionally spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, I need to know, I'm not going to. I'm no longer content to just do what somebody tells me to do. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that it's Jesus telling me what to do Mm -hmm. in this area because I I don't want to get this wrong because I want to have strong habits. I want to do these things. I want to please God. Yeah. But I don't think it's supposed to be this hard. And I think by now at, at 39, I will, I would have been able to, to do some, to do something, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I scoured the Bible. What does Jesus say about, you know, this reading plan thing? Yeah. And the only things I could find is hide his word yeah. in your heart and meditate on his word day and night. Mm-hmm. And so what I discovered in the Bible about all these things, like even like um, 
worshiping and what does that look like and memorizing just all these different things and solitude and all this is that there is so much freedom in it because he only says this little bit and then how you do that in your life i believe is unique for sure unique to how he has a relationship with you so i 100 percent believe that you're supposed to read the bible 100 percent no no joke about that like you can't function without knowing god's word for sure right and i think two things um one we find that we can look at jesus's life to get you know tips and on things and having a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. but the the point of it all is to have relationship with god over religion yes and i think those tools that sometimes are given by men and women of god they're tools to help and i think Sometimes they help some people, but if that tool doesn't work for you, then we can ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit for the strategy that would work for us in the way that we function. And so I think it's like, I I love that saying that um, eat the meat, spit out the bones. Yeah. I think that even in our Christian journey, we have to be okay with maybe a man of God or a woman of God gives a strategy that doesn't necessarily work for how you function and being okay with that and understanding this doesn't work for me, but that might work for somebody else. But Lord, what works for me? And then we do stuff like do the research how you did and find podcasts like this one, Messy <laughs> Faith, or like books of other people who experience the same thing. Yeah. And we can get yeah. strategies and tips. I don't mm-hmm. think there's one way to do anything. I think that God sends us different people and we can say, like we talked in the car today, there's tips that I've gained from her that I'm like, huh, I want to take that. There's other things that I'm like, I'm not going to take that part. I'm going to leave that part. So I think I'm it's, leave that for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's healthy to know that there's not no, there's not a one way or one shoe fits all or one size fits all for Christianity. It's, it is supposed to be about relationship with God. It's supposed to be about our personal relationship. Yes. And he gives us the strategy yes, for that. Yes. Yes. So a system that I kind of developed for myself um, is that I just go on God quests. So I have questions and then I go and learn a, a specific character aspect of God yeah. or I answer a question and then I just keep doing that. And that keeps me interested because it's new and novel, which yeah. those things spark the synapses in, in my brain and make up for the deficit because now I'm interested because mm-hmm. curiosity is interest. Yeah. So I have learned to be a more curious person and that keeps my brain, um, with the, it's almost like a hack to turn it on Mm -hmm. is if I have a question or I'm wondering about it, then I lean into that and it just, and then I can like laser focus on it, answer the question. And then when I stop, I have learned, I have gained so many insights and I've learned so many things, which is probably why I know a lot about a lot is because I have so many questions, you know? And so it's only because I've answered the questions that I've had. Um, I used to have this habit of asking, um, asking Matt, I'd be like, babe, what does this mean? Or how does this work? And he, being the smart person, I don't know if he did this on purpose or whatever, but he, would, he wouldn't answer me. He was like, I don't know. You tell me. That's good. So he would force me. So instead of me relying on the knowledge and ex- the knowledge of somebody else, mm-hmm. he would, uh, by saying that, force me to either go figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like even if it was to, um, to go figure it out and then by me learning it, I just ingested it. So, yeah. and now I know something new. That's which so he kind of would have robbed me if he would have just told me. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then so in our spiritual lives, how can this is this is so like rebel like <laughs> how can following directions sometimes. <laughs> no, this is so bad. I might be saying this totally wrong. 
how can not questioning and just doing exactly as somebody tells you, how can that be, how can that be a negative or how can that take away from, I don't know. I think it can be good or bad, you know? Yeah. I, but I I'm not think... talking about being disobedient or gossiping or doing any of that stuff. I'm just saying like yeah. when you're presented with a set of steps or a system to first test it. I think asking questions is the key Yes, with the motive, not the motive of like, I'm going to prove you wrong yeah, or, yeah, 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 or yeah. but sometimes we can have a rebellion inside of us. A like rebellious our flesh, spirit. Yeah. Like yeah. our flesh could just not want to do it yeah. because our flesh of course is at war with anything spiritual. For sure. And so just checking our motive too, like if what your leader or your man of God or woman of God is, is giving you instructions to do like, Oh, this is how you do it. You know inside of you, like if we're just keeping it real with ourselves, we know if there's just a part of us that's like, oh, it's going to be hard and I really don't want to do that. (laughs) So now I'm going to push back because I want to appease my flesh to be able to, you know what I mean, be Mm -hmm. in my flesh. But we know if if genuinely you're like, how do I do this? Because this feels impossible to me. It's good to ask questions from that place. So I guess the motive behind it is what makes it good, bad. And and for me, and I know for my kids too, I don't know if I taught them this and if it's good or not, I'm hoping someday (laughs) they'll make amazing leaders, which I think they will, um, is to always ask why. Because when you understand Mm -hmm. the why, it it reveals not only the heart of the content, but the heart of the leader in which is asking you, which then can help with motivation Mm -hmm. and the curiosity and the motivation to to do it yeah you know because it's not just oh because because i said so yeah because i said so or because jesus said so even though that's a really good reason but i think god is so amazing in his grace that even when we should just follow him he's like here's why when the bible he he gives us the stakes yeah in the bible it literally says in all thy ways this is king james in all thy ways get an understanding Yes. So you asking why is you getting the understanding. So you're doing what the Bible told you to do by asking why. Yes. So if somebody says, don't ask me why, well, you don't want me to follow the Bible. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And so that's, that's how I go about doing my, um, my time with God. And like, I know that I have to, since I have to have something new or novel, Mm -hmm. um, for me to like stay into something, which is why I'm a great starter. Mm -hmm. And luckily I'm a follow through as well. Mm -hmm. But then after I start something up and it gets going a lot of times, because I don't think it's quite my thing yet, then I, I let it go and somebody else runs with it. You know, but I, I'm, I'm hoping that this is the thing that I can finish. <laughs> Amen. Patricia's <laughs> nice. getting worried. Patricia's <laughs> getting worried. She's Not like, what? 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 I trust God. I trust him a little bit. A little no. bit. So like time management's a little, a little rougher. We have this thing called time blindness. Mm-hmm. And this leads me to another thing. I'd be sitting on the couch and I'd know I need to have my quiet time. So I'm diving into one of those questions and I look up at the clock and it's three hours later mm-hmm. because when we're in, when we're in flow and we're in that state, yeah. You literally don't understand what time, like, like I literally won't go to the bathroom. Like I'll do these little competitive things where I'll see how many tasks I can get done or how far I can get in, in, um, whether it's work or reading or figuring out some sort of question I'm answering, how far I can get before I actually have to go to the bathroom hmm. and then I'll, then I'll leave and go. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> that might be a little TMI. No, no. I used to do that too. So yeah. that's funny. So this brings me to another tension because, you know, the story of Mara, uh, Mary and Martha, uh-huh. right? She's yeah. in the kitchen getting all this stuff done. Mm-hmm. And then the other one's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I'm like, yay. I'm, I'm, so my tension is I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus, 
but I also have ADHD. So this means that, that I am, I have time blindness, which means that I'm literally going to be sitting here half the day. And then, <laughs> and but then that causes that. No, that causes real world <laughs> issues. Meaning like I have to do certain things. My kids are going to be, be home from school or I, I literally have work tasks to do. Mm-hmm. So it brings a different perspective. So then I'm like, okay, well then how am I Mary or am I Martha or where's the beginning there? Because it's mm-hmm. different with me because my brain is wired differently. Mm-hmm. So that's another tension point I have. Yeah. So I just, I, now what I do is I set a time unless it's a free day where I have no tasks scheduled. And I, I like literally have my calendar blocked, mm-hmm. but not for each task. I have like a work block, like a rest block um, nice. where you get up and walk around and stuff. And mm-hmm. then, so I have um, on good days, I have like three work blocks but I can't structure it anymore. Otherwise I feel suffocated. Yeah. I still have to have freedom in my structure. <laughs> so the, while the block is open, the block is for work. So whatever work I want to do in this block, do yeah. it. I'm like, and so how, how can we create better freeing language in growing in your spiritual walk with God for those of us that are neurodivergent so that we don't feel shame for not being able to follow a Bible plan for not feeling shame that, that our spiritual walk or our habits don't look exactly like the next person, but the fruit of it is the same. Mm-hmm. So like I go like months and months and months writing in my journal and then that will be sat- like boring to me. Mm-hmm. So then I will just straight out talk to God and like mm-hmm. normal pray, I guess, Yeah, you know, <laughs> but then another six months later, I have to go back to journaling because I miss it. Mm-hmm. But so it's like, you know, I'm reintroducing something so that it's new and novel, even though I did it like six months ago, but I had a break for it. Yeah. You know, I think a key in that too is being flexible and being able to move with the times and the seasons, because for what, what works in one season may not work in the next season. And that's why like, it's important to really be like led by the spirit. I say that a lot and I don't want to make it sound so led by the spirit, but for one season, this might work like a raincoat works great when it's spring raining yeah but that doesn't work well in summer so it's being okay or comfortable with comfortable with i form this habit and this works for me now but this might not work in a couple months and knowing when to take that off and to pick up a new one and then knowing when to pick it back up when you need to pick it back up that's wisdom but what that requires is it requires that it requires leaders and thank you to the ones that 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 do um send this message, but it allows greater freedom in how it looks like people are developing, developing themselves spiritually. Yeah. And there's you know some leaders. It, 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 a less control on their end. Yes. And I want to give a shout out because there is a pastor Cole who is coming. I don't know if the book dropped already, but I know he's been writing a book about having ADHD as a pastor. What? And yeah. Are you kidding me? Yes. Oh, we got to get I that forget to me. what it's called, but once it drops, we can, you know, add it to the resources, to, to the resources. The yeah. But yeah, he was talking about be as a pastor, like, and having to form these different spiritual habits as a pastor yeah. whilst, while, um, struggling with ADHD. Oh my gosh. So yeah. Oh, cool, cool, cool. And I want to, I don't know if this is an ad here now or in the end, but I want to make sure for, for my deep brothers and sisters out there, mm-hmm. the deep folks, um, as a form of hope too, I believe that God is practical, but God also does supernatural. And so if there's someone who is believing to be healed from ADHD or believing to be healed from traumas that they've experienced that have caused different um, changes in their neurological system, if they're believing for some form of healing, I still want to offer that God is still the God of miracles. 
And yes, he can do miracles, but God works also, not but, but as well as God works in multiple ways. So maybe for this season, God will give tools to manage the experiences, you know, Mm -hmm. we have in this Mm -hmm. life because this is an imperfect world, but but also to not stop believing for to be healed as well. I think it's both. We have to give both. And I think in my experience in the church, it was more so preached on healing, 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 like supernatural, miracle, miracle, miracle. So then when you're not getting your miracle, it feels like there's something wrong or I'm not doing something that's good enough. Yeah. But I believe that God uses doctors as well as I believe that God does supernatural healings as well. So wherever you are in your faith, because that's the key word, it's your faith and what, you know, the season you're in, be encouraged in that too. still keep believing, but also find practical strategies like while you're going through it so that, um, it's not something that's overtaking your life, you know, so that, yeah. so I just yeah, want to yeah. add that balance to it too. Cause yeah. I know there's some deep folks. It's like, it's not my anxiety. It's the anxiety that's real. And our words are powerful and yeah. I don't want to, you know, stop someone from believing for their miracle. But then know? also that boasts the question, here's a little tension point. Mm-hmm. And I is like, that's the beauty does, of our relationship. Does one need to be healed of, of like, what if you were like born that way? I mean, let's, the reality is, is we, and I don't know if I'm too jaded, so I'm sorry guys, I'm still a growing person, but like we live in a fallen world, Mm -hmm. you know? And, but like sometimes people's identity is how they are wired. So like I am somebody with ADHD and my life is composed of my skills that I've learned to live in the world that we live in in the time that we live in with these skills but is that something to be healed with or is that who i am i think or how i was designed in this time because doesn't god know everything so he knew the time i'll be born in i I think he knows but i think that's a personal a personal dealings okay because i'm gonna use something against you okay sorry not in a negative way (laughs) but in the same way that you prayed for your children to not have Ah. your nose and he answered that prayer someone else would be like no you teach them how to how to love their, you know what I mean? Oh. But I think it's personally like what you, maybe the environment that the person is experiencing ADHD in, maybe the environment that they're in, it's too much. And they're just saying, God, remove this cup from me. And maybe that's where their faith is, is they want to believe God for a miraculous so that they don't have to navigate having this in the world because of maybe the other outside things that they're going through that makes it overwhelming for them. You know, and so mm-hmm. I don't think I'm the person to say you need to be healed or you don't need to be healed. But some people's faith are different places. Some people's faith are like, I'm just going to believe God that that's correct and I won't have to struggle with this. This will not be, you know, and that's OK for them to believe that because he's the God of miracle, just like the person what they couldn't walk. What if someone said, well, that's how God designed him. And why should he be healed from walking? Well, I you have know? two hard of hearing children and one of them is severely hard of hearing. The other one is uh, moderately hard of hearing. And uh, what do you do when your child was born this way? Yeah, I think it's content. You're content in whatever. Because <laughs> at first we we brought them to the church and we prayed over them because, you know, who who wants their child to go through this word straddling hearing and non-hearing? Like, that's hard. Yes. That's, that's, gonna, that's going to be a harder life. Yeah. Um, as all my hard of hearing and deaf people can can tell you it's a hard it's a hard life but it's but it's all they know yeah and so I think the key is being content and what that whatever so if the issue is I'm not content because so I want you to heal me blah 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 you know Uh, like I won't be happy until you heal me that's an issue all right so we're going Jesus style when he's when he's praying in the garden of Gethsemane he's like 
Lord, if you let this cup pass, let yes. it pass. But if not, I'll do it. Yeah. So kind of like that. Like, yeah. God, if you can take this anxiety away from me, cold turkey, do it. Yeah. But if not, I'm still I'm still going to learn the skills. I'm still going to gonna serve you. I'm still okay. going to love you. I can I'm get still going to believe you if you don't. I can get A lot of that. things are a heart condition. Yeah. And I think some things that he allows us to experience for a prolonged time, because it's like he could have just did this. Why not this? But some of it, it reveals things that's in our heart. Maybe we have an issue struggling with trusting God. And he's and that's revealed through some of the experiences because I have experienced supernatural miracles in my life mm-hmm. and in my children's life. You know, like literally my back being hurt for years and getting instant healing. Yeah. And and being around people who have prayed for people's hearing and they've gained their hearing back. Literal miracles, you know. Oh, snap. And so I haven't been around that. Oh, yeah. Well, let me introduce you to some people. <laughs> but I've literally Take seen me to that revival. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the miraculous. I've seen angels. I've seen God do things. I have one of my children didn't speak to they were three and a half, almost four years old. And they were showing signs of like autism. And um, and so it was like we were going through the specialist and things. And I seen someone preaching about healing. And they said, if you believe this, then agree with us and lay your hands. And I laid my hands on my three-year-old son. And literally the next day, I started to see signs of all the autism go away. And this is someone who was behind developmentally delayed. And now my son to this day um, has none of those delays and is very smart, very does very well, like in school and especially math. That's like a subject that he thrives in. But before he didn't speak, he didn't make eye contact. All the signs were there. And even over the years, there were signs for um, Asperger's. But I've seen God slowly lessen those things. But I learned something through all of the experiences to trust God either way. I've seen him do the miracles. And literally, the doctors are like, whoa, my daughter, had, they said she had some spine issues. Literally, the, her spine was curved. We have pictures and x-rays of her spine dramatically curved. She was like this. And we prayed and fast. And when we went back to the to the doctor, they took x-rays and her spine was straight. We have wow. a before and after. So there's been, I've seen God work the miracles, but I also seen myself suffer with anxiety, suffer with depression. You know what I mean? And that's not something that he took away, but I've gained so much in going through that than if he would have just removed it. So we don't understand why God chooses to heal one time and the other time, but I know that he is a miracle working God. And I don't want to remove that hope yeah. for some, from someone who is in a place where they're like, remove this cup and heal my yeah. child's spine. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you for sharing that. Maybe thank that, you. maybe that unjaded me a little bit, yeah. but for all of you out there that do have children that do have ADHD and they, they, they are neurodivergent, um, that they, they are a creation of God and we honor you in your journey and where you're at. For sure. And we send you love and just praying for the right people and community around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you join our community at, um, hopefully there can be a little, a little, you know, a mini, a mini culture of people with neurodivergent children or neurodivergent themselves within that community. Well, we can sh- share strategies and tips. Yeah, yeah, that would be, that would be super awesome. Um, but before we close, I just want to, there it's like when when I like read about Jesus's life and like look at how he did things, um, I just one it always encourages me. 
Um, but what it comes down to is that he pretty much simplifies everything to like the most simplest form. Mm-hmm. And he talks about having faith like a child. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to simplify what it means to follow the way, which is what it was called in that time, what it means to follow Jesus at its most basic. So I know at times I, I've said like, what do I have to do? Like to, to follow Jesus? Like, what do I have to do to please him? What does it look like? Mm-hmm. Um, And a lot of times it's just been complicated steps. But through my experience, this is um, what I feel like could be. I mean, check it yourself. But this is what I feel like if you do these things, you're you are good and you are doing it and you are walking the way is one. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. And then two, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. And if you are doing that and working on growing in that and working mm-hmm. on that, you are literally pleasing the Lord yeah. and you are doing everything you need to do. And how you do that and what it looks like, there's freedom in that. Yeah. As long as you are hiding his word in your heart, you are doing it. Even if you don't re- read five chapters a day or one chapter a day, mm-hmm. if you're digesting like you have done over time, you know, you're just reading um you know, sometimes just one verse a day and just meditating on it. Like that is enough. Sometimes that's all, 20. that's all you're like, what am I responsible for? Yeah. That's all you're responsible for loving your neighbor. And who is your neighbor? Let me tell you who your neighbor is. <laughs> I am a big giant proponent that it's a ge- geographical thing. Mm-hmm. So whoever, like wherever you live at that time, your sphere of influence. So the circle of people in your neighborhood that yeah. you walk in a natural rhythm with mm-hmm. the people that you work with, those are all people in your neighbor, but, um, and if you move, then who your neighbor is looks different. Um, and I know that we live in a virtual world, so it's different, but I'm still a huge proponent that your natural rhythms of life in your geographical community and location mm-hmm. and workplace are your neighbors. Yes. And because it's so simple, it's so complicated. You're trying to help somebody in Kentucky, but you're in like, um, Washington, mm-hmm. you know, you can do that to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. because I am, you know, technology is amazing, Video chat. but you cannot, you cannot get away from the natural rhythms of your everyday life in your geographical location. Yes. And to, to do that, I think is not, is not fully living out the love your neighbor and sometimes we just don't realize i don't know you can't be nasty at the person at the corner store exactly and then online you're like god bless you exactly you're you're wonderful yeah (laughs) exactly exactly um so we just want you guys to be encouraged that there is freedom in these spiritual things um on this spiritual journey and spiritual growth and not one spiritual journey looks the same. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You were uniquely created. Your yes. skills are different. Yes. Your weaknesses are different. Your strengths are different. And mm-hmm. God knows that. And somebody once told me why is that God's a gentleman and he won't just rip things down. He'll take them down brick by brick. Yeah. In the same way, I believe that God is unique to and knows you so well. He knows exactly how to speak to you. So when you're worried about something or, or how do I please you, God, that he is going to communicate in a way in which you can receive and then walk confidently in doing what he told you to do. Amen. So you're not alone in your neurodivergentness. We love you. Love you. Um, And so, Teresa, thank you for a great, challenging conversation. Yay. And you know what? You can still be friends and not see eye to eye on all issues. For sure, yeah. And isn't that the sign of wisdom, being able to hold two opposing uh, views in your hand? Yeah, and still love and respect each other. Exactly, exactly. Yay. So, guys, we love you. We will see you next week. 
on the Messy Faith Podcast. Yay. Don't forget to hit our like button, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on or watching us on. And don't forget to check out our community at hopesociety.social. Yay. How do I turn this off? Hey, it's Emily here. I just wanted to thank you on behalf of Satrice and I for listening to the Messy Faith Podcast and allowing us to speak into your life. And hey, we don't want it just one way. We would love to hear from you. You can contact us at any time through our website, our email at ask at messyfaith.com. You can like us on Facebook, YouTube, or wherever you listen to us at. And hey, we'd love a little review. Can't wait to hear from you.